Welcome to another special episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. Alan Hubbard. Business Wise is intended to be a weekly podcast coming out every Monday morning, but through popular demand and while we are experiencing unique economic challenges, we have elected to produce a special episode for you every Saturday for now. Please use these to flourish and prosper and help bring sanity to your scene and to the world. Speaking of sanity, let's talk about one of the subjects that has been said to be the root of all evil, and perhaps could then be described as a fruitful area to isolate insanity. And that is the subject of money. This appears to be a subject of tremendous interest on the part of many people. Mr. Hubbard has described it as a passionate subject. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at this. First of all, let's clear one thing up. The actual datum about uh, money being the root of all evil, let's put that in proper context. It's actually from the Bible, and it is an intensification and shortened form of the phrase, the love of money is a root of all evil which basically means all wrongdoing can be traced to an excessive attraction to or desire for material wealth. So this came from the Bible. It's not a Hubbard datum. I don't know that it's uh, 100% true, but it is certainly somewhat true that uh, you can find money at the bottom of a lot of insanity. What is money? So on the 27th of November, 1971, Mr. Hubbard authored an article called Money. And in here, he defines it as follows. Basically, money is an idea backed by confidence. And then he goes on to say this. The idea is that the exchange of goods or services, kind for kind, is too clumsy. To carry your dozen eggs all over town until you find someone who has bread, you will exchange for your eggs so you can have bread, is too clumsy. This is called a barter or trading system and is used in primitive tribes. To solve this, men get the idea of making metal or slips of paper represent the eggs and the bread. Thus, you don't need to look all over town. Anyone will buy your eggs that wants eggs and give you money, and anyone who has bread will accept money for it. Like, one money particle is worth five loaves of bread, or one dozen eggs, or two hours of manual labor, or one booklet, or a square inch of land, or, or, or. So, uh, let's take a break from this reference for a moment. And now consider that money is an idea backed by confidence. It actually represents something or something done. So then Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this. Confidence comes in that the money particle, piece of metal or paper or some such symbol, will be further accepted after you have accepted it for your eggs. This extends to confidence in the country that issued the coin or the paper. It's probably a good idea to look at Mr. Hubbard's definition of confidence at this point. He defines it as confidence is composed of knowing what other people do and know they are doing or will do it. Confidence is confirmed by continuing survival. That's from Mr. Hubbard. So this is a very good measuring stick for individuals. It's a very good measuring stick for groups. It's a very good measuring stick for a country, and of course, for its currency. Are you sure that people are doing what they say they're going to do, that they will do it? And is this confidence confirmed by continuing survival? 
you can see that it's perhaps getting harder and harder to survive economically these days. And so consequently, one's confidence may be lower in the currency produced by a certain country. And therefore, that currency may have less value. There's less confidence in it. There is not a continuing survival. Survival can get very tough indeed. And as it gets tougher and tougher, the currency will have less and less value. People start resorting to barter again in exchange of goods or services versus using the currency. Or they'll use some other country's currency that they have more confidence in. So money is an idea backed by confidence. In your own negotiations with people and selling services or products, you will probably notice that their willingness to give you money has a lot to do with their confidence in you. Do they believe that you will do what you say you will do, that you know what you are doing, and that you will do it? The more confidence you can inspire in others, the more certain it is that they will be confident in giving you money. So money is an idea backed by confidence. Anything that you do to inspire more confidence and on the part of your customers or your vendors or suppliers or the community around you, anything you can do to inspire more confidence is bound to influence your ability to inflow money. So let's go back to this article, this article on money from Mr. Hubbard. He says, as metal has other uses, gold, silver, copper, bronze, it is more likely to have confidence placed in it as a country could go broke and one would still have his metal. With paper, one has to have more confidence in the country. So money is only something that can be exchanged confidently for goods or services. It is a symbol which represents value in terms of goods or services. L. Ron Hubbard. So now he refers to it now in another way, he's describing it as a symbol. It represents money is a symbol and it represents something. What is it representing? It's re representing the eggs or the bread or the haircut or the pseudo clothes or the service provided or the repaired automobile. It represents something. It is a symbol. So now I wish to look at another definition. And this now is the definition of the word sanity. Mr. Hubbard, in an article of the 26th of April, 1970, defines sanity as, is the ability to recognize differences, similarities, and identities. Sanity is the ability to recognize differences, similarities, and identities. Now, when you start getting into symbols, it gets very easy to identify you see things as being the same. You know, a $5 bill in my pocket is the same as a $5 bill in your pocket, which is the same as a $5 bill left on the counter for the waitress, which is the same as, the same as, the same as. But they are not the same. They're actually similar or very different because the $5 in my pocket represents work and service that I have delivered, not work or service that you have delivered. That's symbolized by the $5 in your pocket. And that $5 sitting on the counter for the waitress is a symbol of the service that she just provided. 
if somebody walks along and sees a $5 bill sitting on the counter and identifies all money with all money and doesn't recognize it as a symbol, they may not have a problem with uh, picking it up and slipping it into their pocket. For them, it's just a symbol of uh, money. Money equals money. It doesn't necessarily equal the fact that a waitress was just busting her butt to service a customer. On a larger scale, uh, you might have an employee who doesn't recognize that money is a symbol, which represents value in terms of goods or services. Remember, that was a definition Mr. Hubbard gave. A symbol which represents value in terms of goods or services. They just have that identified with something that they just deserve. So money comes in, some of it's cash, cash never makes it into the register, or they're cooking the books, or whatever. They clearly do not see money as something that is a symbol that represents different things. It's all identified, and thus it is insane. They don't recognize the differences, similarities, and identities. So you have a lot of insanity around the subject of money. You say, what the heck are you doing taking that money off the counter that belongs to the waitress? Oh, I didn't see anybody around. It's just sitting there. Doesn't really represent anything. It's the same as the $5 bill in my pocket. It looked exactly the same. So I guess it's mine as much as anybody's. You say, man, that's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. They're doing an identification. Now, these are drastic examples, but many a business owner makes a similar identification. Their business delivers service or product to a customer or client, and then uh, funds come in in exchange for that service or product, and the entrepreneur or business owner looks at that money and goes, oh, there's my money. Whoa, 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 not quite so fast, man. That's not your money yet. That is the organization's money. Yeah, you created that organization, but don't identify that money that's coming in as a representation of something you personally delivered. We haven't gotten there yet. Okay, that is a representation or a symbol of what the organization has delivered. And if you don't make that distinction, uh, you're going to get into a lot of insanity. This is, for instance, how payroll taxes don't get paid. Hey, look, you know, those payroll taxes, that ain't your money. Like that is, uh, whether you like it or not, that belongs to the feds. So that part comes out before anything else happens with that money. So the money comes into the organization. Now it is accrued. It should all actually be banked. That's pretty much the safest approach. You're making a big mistake if you start spending something before it's banked. You know, a guy... Uh, maybe he's selling carpets on the side of the road and uh, somebody gives him a couple hundred bucks for a carpet and it's cash and it's sitting in his pocket and uh, comes around lunchtime and he looks around and, oh, there's a food truck. And he takes the $200 out of his pocket and he goes over and buys himself uh, his lunch and uh, a Coke or something. And, you know, why shouldn't he? That's my money. No, it's not. We just went over that. Okay, that's your company's money. I don't have a company. I'm just selling rugs. Look, if you look at it that way, you're going to blow all that money before you ever get a chance 
to do anything intelligent with it. You have identified that money with your own money. It's not your own money yet. It's your company's money. It's your business's money. And that has to go into a bank account. And then there are standard policies and procedures that you take with it. You do a financial plan with it. You certain amount of money goes to this direction and it goes in that direction. You've got to pay your taxes. You've got to pay the payroll. You've got to do whatever you got to do. You've got your commodities that you're uh, acquiring for resale. That certain amount of that money has to go there. If you consider and identify all the money that's coming into your company organization as your money first before you realize that it's not that, it's a symbol of something else, and you don't bank it, and then you can do the mathematics which we're not going to get into today, but working out which money represents what, because not all money equals all money. You know, this is a symbol, this money over here, this uh, couple of grand over here, this is a symbol of what we owe the U.S. government. That's what we owe the IRS right there. That's what that represents. It doesn't represent my money. This represents the money that goes into the org reserves, which is not my money. And this goes towards the supplies that we need to purchase so that we can build the next house or uh, continue with our progress with our construction project or um, buy supplies for the clinic or whatever it is. You, at that point, uh, in a fit of sanity, hopefully, you're looking at the money that's been banked and you are able to recognize the differences, similarities, and identities and make the correct decisions with regards to that money. So it's not so you have it in the correct categories. So sanity with the subject of money starts with the ability to recognize differences, similarities, and identities. What in actual fact does that dollar bill or five dollar bill or hundred bucks, what is that a symbol of? What does it represent? If you don't have that straight, you're going to be pretty insane on the subject and you're going to feel like you're going crazy sometimes. So when you set up your financial systems, which we will probably cover in a future podcast, but when you set up those financial systems, you need to make sure that that system takes care of the differentiation of the money that the organization has banked or taken in and banked. Hopefully you banked it before you spent it. I think if you just do this practice of banking everything that comes in, accounting for it obviously, and then banking everything that comes in and doing some sort of process where you're differentiating what all that money, greater or small amounts of money, represents the different parts of it, then you will start putting some sanity into your finance. Okay, I want to uh, read you a second definition of, san of sanity here from Mr. Hubbard, because it's very apropos. He says, sanity and honesty then consist of producing a valuable final product for which one is then recompensed by support and goodwill, or in reverse flow, supporting and giving goodwill to the producer of the product. This is from an article from 1971, 25 March 1971. Now you can see insanity another way. You're producing something and others are unwilling to exchange. That sounds crazy. Or you're not willing to exchange for something that somebody else produced for you. That sounds crazy. 
Sanity and honesty then consists of producing a valuable final product for which one is then recompensed by support and goodwill or in reverse flow, supporting and giving goodwill to the producer of the product. So as long as we keep exchange in where we are all exchanging honestly with each other of valuable final products or services, then uh, we'll have a pretty sane economy and uh, obviously attain higher prosperity. Let's look at the definition of exchange. This is very interesting. Mr. Robert defines exchange. Criminal exchange is nothing from the criminal for something from another. Whether theft or threat or fraud is used, the criminal think is to get something without putting out anything. That is obvious. A staff member can be coaxed into this kind of thinking by permitting him to receive without his contributing. When you let a person give nothing for something, you are factually encouraging crime. Think about that. That's really important. This is how we create criminals from our, uh, of our children, by the way. If we give them things all the time and we don't expect any exchange, they go more and more out of exchange and they start acting more and more criminal and you end up with a bunch of little criminals. I, I, hopefully none of the listeners have this situation, but if you do, you can start to resolve it by understanding this basis of exchange. When you let a person give nothing for something, you are factually encouraging crime. This also transmits to your employees. If you bring on employees and you don't train them on how to produce valuable final products or services, if you don't take responsibility for that, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to tell you, hey, you know what, boss? I don't really know what I'm doing. No, they might, ask, they might say that once or twice, but uh, if you don't bother to properly train them, then they're just going to go on producing no product and, or no service of any value, and they'll just keep their mouths shut, and they go more and more out of exchange. They're still getting paid, but they're not producing anything. So next thing you know, you feel like you've got uh, a mutiny going on or you know people are attacking you and what's all that about you're creating criminals that's what you're doing and then he says it is exchange which maintains the inflow and outflow that gives a person space around him and keeps the bank off of him remember the bank is a portion of a person's mind which works on a totally stimulus response basis not under the person's control and it exerts power and force on him over his awareness Purposes, thoughts, body, actions. Went over that in the last podcast. That's the bank. So the guy's got a bank. And as long as he's exchanging, the bank more or less keeps off of him. You've probably noticed this during the current crisis. If you're not producing, if all you're doing is inflowing a bunch of movies, streaming, whatever, uh, you may not feel totally sane. You may not feel totally with it or high-toned. You're not producing anything. It is exchange which maintains the inflow and outflow that gives a person space around him and keeps the bank off of him. One has to produce something to exchange for money. If he gives nothing in return for what he gets, the money does not belong to him. One sees this with the criminal. He's always blowing the money. It doesn't really belong to him. He's not really taking any care with it. He wrecks the things that he buys with it. It doesn't really belong to him. So if he gives nothing in return for what he gets, the money does not belong to him. It is interesting that when a person becomes productive, his morale improves. Reversely, it should be rather plain to you that a person who doesn't produce becomes mentally or physically ill, for his exchange factor is out. Alan Hubbard. Now, I wanted to bring this podcast around to this point because, fortunately, I'm getting many, many emails from the members talking about the wins they're having with their production. But I can tell you this. If you've chosen not to produce during this time, uh, you are probably having a bit of a rough go. That would be my guess. I don't wish to uh, evaluate for anybody here, but it is production. Get into production. 
and you'll see um, a sharp improvement in morale. And you may feel like you're not going crazy, even if you're uh, a little more confined, perhaps, than, uh, than you're used to. Okay, I'm going to wrap up this podcast with some steps for you, something that you can utilize over the coming days till the next podcast. Obviously, we'll have to revisit finance and money many more times through this podcast series, but these are some very valuable steps. And this is how he wraps up the article on money. Mr. Hubbard says, the truths of wealth are income of money on sales must be greater than outgo on bills. Write that one down. And then it goes on to say, services or product must be sold for more than they cost the organization, org, which is short for organization, to produce or buy. So services and product or product must be sold for more than they cost the organization to produce or buy. That's the next one. Third thing he says here is money is simply that which represents delivered production. Don't ever forget that. Next, morale also depends upon accomplished and exchanged production. Goes on to say this, money does not equal morale. The idle rich are a wonderful study in psychosis. And then goes on to say, and welfare money degrades because it is not exchanged for delivered production. I think you've all seen that, where a group or person operates largely on welfare or handouts. They are not very high morale. And they may be somewhat degraded or regard themselves in a degraded way. And uh, they may be a little nutty. And then finally, he says, these are all factors in economics. So we've entered the subject of economics. Okay, well, um, I hope this was helpful. There's a lot of false information on the subject of money and economics around. Uh, Country abounds with it at this time. But here are some fundamentals, some truths which uh, I hope you can easily and readily apply to achieve your own prosperity, your own morale, your own sanity. Let me just say, of course, if you have any questions, if there's anything we can do for you, do alert us at info at wiseeastus.org. We've been getting uh, a lot of mail. We, we love it. We answer all of it. Sometimes not as fast as we would like to. We're not getting to everything instantaneously, but we are getting back to you. So write us at info at wiseeastus.org with any questions or anything that you want uh, clarification on. We will, we're happy to hear from you and we're happy to help. We also love to hear your successes. That really makes our day. So be sure if you've been listening to these podcasts and you are applying them and having wins, as many are, uh, do write us uh, an email, drop us a line and let us know what you are getting out of these and we will continue to provide them in fact um we will be sending you another one this monday okay thanks for listening